thought it'd just be fitting to talk about marriage and the importance of marriage. See, people don't understand how important it is to have a good wife or a good husband. But I understand today what a good wife and a good husband is a lot clearer than I did yesterday. I can't believe that my wife used to kiss me with whiskey on my breath when I'd come in at four in the morning drunk, screaming mad. One time I knocked this guy out, no joking inside. My kids were asleep in the room, brought a drunk cowboy home, got in a fight in my living room. She had to wake up as this fist fight broke out in my living room with this drunk cowboy that I brought home from the bar. You see, I was so ashamed of who I was. I had all the house that I needed. I had all the cars that I needed. I had all the money I needed. I had everything that I needed, but my heart was still not right. I had everything I needed. I had a beautiful wife, had beautiful kids, had everything I needed. I had everything but the Father. When I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, 11 years ago, I rededicated my life to the Lord. 12 years ago, probably now, on Father's Day, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And something changed. Men, men, something changed in me that day. I began to love her like God loved her. I began to look at her and see her the way that God sees her. And she began to see something else in me that she is so proud of today. Not only am I her husband, the father of her children, I'm also her pastor. And she'll tell you that. My husband is my pastor. If anybody knows that there was a complete turnaround in my life, it was her. Kenny and Pam, are you here? Kenny and Pam can testify. Ernest is here from Waco. I got friends from Waco this morning. They can testify. Guy I used to ride bulls with, he done our sound yesterday. He knows the old Mark. But yesterday he got to see the new, improved. I said improved. I said improved. Because when you get the Lord in your heart, things will change for the better. And things will change in your marriage. God is tired of you running havoc on your marriage. The devil's had it long enough. Let's give it to the Lord this morning. He's seen all the tears, all the cries, all the hurts. Let's give God our marriage this morning. I want to read this scripture to you this morning. Ephesians 5, 25. Got my Bible? <laughs> Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor Watch this, without spots or wrinkles or any such things, that she might be holy and without blemishes. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one hated his own flesh, 
but nourishes and cherishes just as Christ does the church. Me and Mary have been together for 20 years. We gained a lot of wrinkles, a lot of blemishes, gained a lot of weight, trying to lose a lot of weight. But my love for her grows more and more every day. So the wrinkles don't matter. Keep dyeing your hair as long as you want to. Gray won't matter. Weight don't matter. My love for you grows every single day. Happy Valentine's to you, my love. I thought it would be fitting today to have my friends Robert and Kim Stokes join us for Revival this morning. They have our three fellowship ministry. Would you come and join us at the table this morning? Give Robert and Kim a big round of applause. Mary. Give our pastorette, Miss Mary, a big round of applause. I just thought it'd be great to bring in Robert Kim. I, I met Robert not too long ago on a fishing trip. Man, we caught a bunch of fish that day, didn't we? We didn't catch nothing. <laughs> we didn't catch nothing. They said, Pastor, we have never been fishing without catching something. We didn't catch anything. I said, being my friend ain't easy. <laughs> I know the enemy follows me around. And uh, we struck up a friendship that weekend. And, uh, man, God began to do something in their life, remove them from where they were, at Lone Star Cowboy Church, and they began to build this ministry called R3 Fellowship. And they started over a year ago, and now it's grown into something amazing. Amen. <clears throat> Robert, Kim, can you tell us how R3 came about? There you go. I think we're on now, aren't we? Yeah. We, um, about 16 or 17 years ago, uh, we ran our marriage off of a, off the tracks. Uh, we didn't realize how uh, bad a shape that it was in. And um, through some, uh, a bunch of different uh, issues and situations, we found ourselves uh, really at the end of our marriage. And um, that's where R3 comes from. Uh, it's three words. It's rescued, redeemed, and restored. And, um, yeah. Boy, God can do that, can he? Yeah, he can. And so we, we uh, started to learn about each other. We started to spend time with each other. And um, through that, uh, we started our three, or actually started our marriage ministry called Marriage Matters about eight years ago. And at this point, there's been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of folks come through our marriage classes. Amen. And we're just so grateful to get to be able to, to, to share what God's done in our, in our life. Amen. Have you seen God put the pieces of people's lives back together, Kim? this absolutely um, I think that every time he does I'm reminded that <clears throat> he can take someone who is so messed up and rescue them and redeem them and restore them and use them to give other people hope and I amen. think that's what we that's what we do and it's all because of him amen I, I think we as men especially big tough men I, I think we as big tough men when there's a problem in our marriage, we don't want to seek out counseling. 
We think we can solve it with this and solve it with that. Sometimes we just need a little help. So when I met Robert and Kim, they said, look, we're, we're traveling around. We have this marriage seminar that we do. And at the end of this six-week seminar, we, re, we ask the couples if they want to renew their vows. If anybody has been through our course of R3, would you stand today? If you've been, and would you tell them what a great job that they do? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. Uh, well, I, 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 I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and uh, I thought about how men, say men, I thought about how men don't like to go to counseling. And a lot of times, women don't like to admit that there's a problem either. And then when you get them together and you get them in a counseling session, all they do is fight. All they do is talk about him or talk about her. The problem is never really solved. And it's never really sometimes built on biblical principles, these counseling sessions that you go to. So what I started calling uh, R3 Fellowship at Caney Creek Cowboy Church, the, what we do here with them, uh, it, it does those three things that he talked about, but it also enriches enriches our marriage. Tell how can it re enrich their marriage. Well, the, the same thing that, that works for a marriage that needs to be enriched, that means that looking at biblical principles, looking at your personalities, how God's hardwired hard you, what's your love language, how do you communicate, how do you deal with conflict uh, in your marriage. Probably no one in here has any conflict in their marriage. I know Kim and I, we don't argue at all. There's, I'm going to just say that again. There's probably no conflict in your marriage ever. Uh, but there is, and there's a, it, it should be there. It's supposed to be there. Uh, what we have to do is learn how to process that, what that thing looks like. And um, it really starts also with the men. Um, you, I loved when you went to 525 in Ephesians. 521 says that we are to uh, submit to one another in reverence of God. Every, the men like the 522 version. Yeah, yeah. What woman submit to me, right? They always want to remember that. I know that's the one I always remember. I didn't remember none of the other ones. But the one above it was more important is that we would be submission, uh, submissive to one another in reverence to the Father. And, and so when I started to take responsibility for myself, Pastor, and started taking ownership for coming home on time, Amen. returning phone calls, uh, having a vacation, um, not eating at 10 or 11 o'clock at night after the food's been warmed up 10 or 11 times, uh, or not headed to uh, a place I shouldn't be between home and work or when I was traveling. Um, when I started taking responsibility for myself and ownership, things started improving in our, in our marriage and trust and intimacy started to be restored. So as, that's the stuff that we go through in class. It's, it's real-life things. Uh, we're really marriage mentors more than we are counselors, and um, we just have a passion for people. We know what God can do in a marriage. And here's the thing I want to say to you. You have a 100% guaranteed success in your marriage if you will follow God's plan. Guaranteed. Hallelujah. How many think it's really important now? Now, don't lie to me this morning. How many think it's important to take responsibility for your own actions? I, I think that that is a lost thing in this world. Everybody, everybody today wants to blame somebody else for what's going on in their marriage, in their life, with their children. Take responsibility for your own actions. There was a big mirror 
There was a big mirror in the uh, uh, youth building a while ago. I wanted to grab that mirror and say, look at yourself this morning. Take responsibility for your own actions. If your marriage is in trouble and you still love that person, you should fight for it. You should take responsibility. Well, I'm waiting for her to come around. Don't wait for her. You go around, man. Well, I'm just waiting for him to apologize and get me a diamond ring. What's more important? What's more important? The ring or the heart? What's more important? Being right, admitting that you're right, or sometimes just saying, I love you. Let's move past this. What I love about Robert and Kim, they have been through some stuff. Me and Mary, our marriage has always been right and great. Tom, huh, Mary, tell them about how great our marriage yeah. is. It is great, but it's not always been a smooth road, smooth sailing. <laughs> but like he said earlier, um, before Christ, we, you know, we knew him, but we didn't live for him. We didn't have him, you know, we didn't put him first in our marriage or anything, and only when it was convenient. And um, once we got saved and realized that we have to love God more than we love our spouse, he has to come first regardless he has to come first and then God will show you the love that you need for your spouse that's very important you know we say oh I love you more than anything I love our, my children more than anything but I really love God more than them and then they fall right behind him because I know God covers them so and I think something else in a marriage it's um someone says oh it's 50 50 that is not correct it is a hundred percent for me and a hundred percent for him you always give a hundred percent Amen. Our, our marriage has had a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, uh, but we've always remained in love. And that's the main thing. you got to fight for that love. Uh, give us y'all's testimony real quick about how you had to fight the devil to get your marriage back. Give it all. Okay. okay. We're going to give it all to you. Um, just quickly... I'll just say that I grew up in a home that we went to church when I was just a really small child. Um, that kind of faded out. Went back to church, was saved when I was probably about 11 because I went by myself on a little van that would come around the neighborhood and pick kids up. And went back to school. My, ki you know, my friends were not on fire for God like I had become on fire for God. I wasn't in a home that they were on fire for God. Went on into high school really seeking something, lost, hurting, needing to feel loved and appreciated and accepted. Well, when you're a teenage girl and you're looking for love, there's a boy that's going to give it to you. Amen. Um, that comes with a price. And that price ended up um, getting me pregnant. And I had an abortion. I was um, 15 when I had the abortion, and um, after that, there was so much pain and shame and guilt and fear that other people were going to find out, and then what were they going to think of me? I wasn't a girl who slept around, but I was one of those that ended up pregnant and then had my child murdered, and so um, I lived with that. 
and Robert and I started dating about a year and a half after that, and I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, um, I grew up in a household. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. He was physically and verbally abusive uh, for two or three years, uh, probably between 11 and 12, 13 uh, time frame. Uh, things were really serious. Uh, we kept, a, my mom and I kept a little brown paper bag beside the door because uh, he would call. He was a bully. He'd call and say, I'm coming to kill you. And he meant it. And he'd show, he'd, he'd show up, and we weren't there. We slept in parking lots, and we just kind of were on the run all the time, really never knowing, you know, what was going to happen, Pastor. And, and so I grew up with that, and I was a, I've learned that I'm a guy that needs words of affirmation. Uh, we learned that as we were repairing our marriage. And, and so <clears throat> I was also in Boy Scouts and doing a lot of things, and, and um, the uh, wounds from my dad and all of the trouble, I didn't realize at that age how bad those wounds really were. And uh, so I was at a Boy Scout camp, and during this two-week period at a Boy Scout camp, a guy that was there, one of the leaders, I got sexually abused for about a two-week period. So here's a guy with a daddy wound, and here's a guy with a sexual abuse wound, and uh, then comes the drugs, then comes the alcohol, uh, then comes, you know, everything that you, all the sex, anything that you can do to prove that, you know, you're okay and to, and to have value in yourself. I had zero value. And uh, through that, uh, always kept people laughing. Uh, and all I was doing was hiding the hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've noticed that people that are really funny generally have a lot of stuff going on behind that. But um, Kim and I, we started dating, and um, she was 16. I was 18 years old. And uh, we dated for three years and ended up getting uh, married, having three children. We've been married now for uh, 33 years. Praise the Lord. I don't know what's wrong with her, but I hope God doesn't fix it. She, she doesn't realize who she's married to quite yet. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Actually, she does now. And um, so we got married. We had three children, uh, Twenty. Three-year-old son's the youngest. We have a 31-year-old daughter who's married and a 27-year-old daughter who's married also. You're pretty old. I am pretty old, yes, yeah. But we got started really young. Um, he likes to tell people we were 10. Yeah, we, yeah. So, um, and through that, we really, I wasn't saved, hadn't been in church. Uh, actually, the second time that I was in church, we were getting married in a church. And um, I thought I had things kind of figured out a little bit. Uh, the pastor says, Robert, um, spiritually, where are you? You know, five average or ten's the best you could be, you know, and I'm at 21, not saved. I actually didn't know who Jesus was, didn't know about the cross. And I said, I'm an eight. So the deception that can happen um, inside of us is just amazing. Amen. And um, so we got married. We had these kids, and I found my value in working. Uh, I wasn't the smartest guy in the world, but there was no one that would outwork me. Uh, I'd work six or seven days a week and started providing a, a pretty decent income. And that's where I found my value uh, is in working um, and really not at home. So like he said, he was working and he was working seven days a week and literally seven days a week. Um, I was staying at home with the kids because we had decided that that's what we were going to do no matter what. Um, even if it meant selling our coffee tables or a VCR or whatever it was, which we did, um, to buy groceries. And I know some of you are going, VCR, what is that? Um, so we're telling our age again. But 
so I was staying at home with the kids, so I was always there for their, their school activities and things like that. And, you know, I told Robert, I said, I don't really need to live in this house, and we don't really need to drive a nice car. All I want is you at home with us, and I want you to help me raise our children. And I would tell him I feel like a single mom. I mean, let's go get an apartment. You know, we don't need all of this. Let me tell you what I heard. I mean, she just spoke English, didn't she? Here's what I heard. I cannot believe working six and seven days a week, providing a beautiful home on the lake, all this stuff. I cannot believe she doesn't appreciate that. Well, the devil can turn it around, can't he? Mm -hmm. So you know what I did? I started working longer and harder because I wasn't respected and appreciated at my own home. That's how I felt. Deception. Yes. So through that, we had some really good friends. We um, did a lot of things with them. Um, when he would finally get off work, a lot of times he just met us over there. But we had these really good friends, and um, if Robert was busy, and I remember one time the water heater had gone out, so his best friend came over you know, to fix it for us. Well, his best friend started saying things to me like, you know, if you were my wife, I'd be coming home. You are so pretty. I'd love to walk in a room with you. So he began to say all these things. I'm a words of affirmation person. And through the persistence, I ended up in an affair with my husband's best friend and my best friend's husband. I loved my husband, but I wasn't getting what I needed. When Robert found out, um, I just knew that he would, you know, he'd just kick me to the curb and, his mom, he was an only child, and his mom would just, she'd just move right in, and she'd take care of the kids, and she would do the laundry, and she would do the cooking, and then he would find a 19-year-old hard body to take care of him sexually. And so um, I was wrong. He said that he was going to, he loved me, and he was going to fight for me, and it was at that point that things started changing. I've learned that the power of the tongue is life or death. And she thought those thoughts about who I might go find because of the way that I acted and the way that I dishonored her and looking at every girl, every woman, all the comments that I made. That's why she thought the way she thought. It came out of my mouth. It says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Amen. And what was in my heart wasn't the right things. And so we did. We went to work. And it took years. Uh, we didn't trust each other. We had all these wounds we had to go through and fix. We went through financial ruin um, where we just basically lost everything. We had a child born with a neurological disease. We had another uh, one of our kids sexually assaulted. We had another one that had an eating disorder and almost died from anorexia. We can just talk about all that stuff. But see, what we're, what, we're, what we're doing today is God has rescued, redeemed, and restored us. He wants to do that for everyone, too. And he wants to do it for everybody. Amen. That's the heart of the Father. Um, and, and these things are the testimony and the witness of his power, not our ugliness, but of his 
goodness. Amen. And so when Kim and I were faithless, he was faithful uh, to us in our marriage. Amen. So we're so grateful. Uh, we're grateful that uh, we get to come and spend time with you. And uh, we just want people to know there's hope. It doesn't really matter what they're going through. I know that God's word says he hates divorce. I don't, we don't care how many times people have been married. We want them to stay married to the Amen. people that they've been married to. And I just want to say, too, that whenever all of that came to a head, we made a choice. We had a choice to make. We could do what the world does and just throw, in our, throw the towel in and go on to the next relationship. But we made that choice to work. And it was hard work, but it was worth it. Amen. It was well worth it because our marriage today is better than it has ever been in every single area. Amen. How many believe that love is worth fighting for? This is my queen. This is my bride. I love her with all my heart. I would kill anyone, anywhere, anytime any place for her. I would pull my knife out. I would defend her. I would kill someone anywhere, anytime, any place. Mr. Johns, would you do that for Carol? Would you? How many would kill to defend their wife? Their spouse? How many would kill? Brother Mark, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, literally, if someone tried to hurt my wife, I would kill them. I would try to do my best to destroy them. Well, there is an enemy that wants to kill your wife, your husband, the marriage. He wants to destroy it. And he'll stop at nothing. He'll twist words. He'll make things happen. He'll bring the wrong people into your life. You'll think they're your friend, but they're really not your friend. He will stop at nothing to destroy your marriage. His name is the devil. And there is only one way to fight back. And that's by having a relationship With God. Getting in the Word. Understanding the Word. And watch this. Fighting. I wish I had a voice. Fighting. I'm not going to give up on my marriage. I'm not going to give up on my spouse. I'm not going to give up. You have to make your mind up today. No matter what comes against you. Whether it's the, the things that they've been through. The things that we've been through. That you are not going to stop fighting. Because I'll tell you something, Donnie. When you learn to fight back, it feels good when you get a win. Come on, somebody. How many has had troubles like we've had? And it feels good to get a win. To get up over on Satan. To let him know that you are redeemed. That you are set free. And that your eyes are open today. If you're single in this house today, you put God first. He'll bring the right person in your life. If you honor him right now, God will bring about the right people in your life. Marriage is important. 
Raising a family is important. I don't know what she saw in me, but I'm so glad she saw it. And like their testimony, we've had hell, but we're headed to heaven. And we're headed together. Watch this. I'm done. Listen, I'm done. Watch this. If I die today, she knows where I'm going. If she dies today, preaching her funeral will be easy. Because I saw the heart change. God get a hold of her. See, she was in church her whole life, like many of you, but she never knew Christ. Once she developed that relationship, God got a hold of her. Things began to grow. He wants to do that for you today. Right, Robert? Amen. He, he does. And um, we're grateful and thankful. And I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. It really doesn't. We've talked about marriage, Pastor. We've talked about, you said, get single people, get close to the Father. But it really doesn't matter what you're going through. Everybody in here has probably got something happening in their life, whether it be a financial thing or a health thing or a relationship thing or emotion thing, whatever it is. God has the answer for you, period. Do not lean on your own understanding, but lean on to his, right? And trust him. And so we're gonna we're gonna get to preach about love tonight. Yes, uh, this amen. evening we're gonna talk amen. about love tonight. And here's what we know: no love never fails, and love covers a multitude of sin. Amen. And so uh, when we love each other, um, man, our best days are ahead of us. Amen. Amen. Mary, you want to say something? Oh. <laughs> I'm not real good at this on the spot stuff. <laughs> But, no, love is very important. And, and like Robert said, you know, whether you're single or, or married or you're in a relationship, just keep God first. You know, don't ever, don't ever go on. You, you've got to, you, you just got to trust him. And, and you can't, we, we are in the world, but you can't be in the world. You can't be of the world. Okay, so no matter what all these single people are doing or couples are doing, living together and doing things, that's not what God wants for you. He will never bless your he will never bless your relationship if you do not honor him in your relationship first. Love God first. Hey, let me have a volunteer I can hit hit in the face real quick. Anybody let me hit him. Hey, come on, John. Let me hit you in the face. Hurry, son. I want to hit you. Take your glasses off. Yeah, get on. Bring the glasses. All right, close your eyes. All right, be real quiet. You're next. No kidding, I'm going to hit a girl. All right, ready? One, two, three. Well, I wouldn't hit John either. Listen to me. Open your eyes. I'm not going to hit you. Listen. But as many times as I've been hit by Satan, it always feels good to hit back. But he wants to keep hitting you. He wants to keep knocking you down. He keep keep belittling you until he can get on the ground. Get on the ground. Come on. So you can get down. And when you find your marriage in this spot, you're in the best spot. And at this point, you got to say, Christ, I love her. I want to fight for her. John did six months in a rehab program to save his marriage. 
You got tired of letting him beat you up, didn't you? You had to fight for your wife, fight for your life. You're a good man, a good God-fearing man. And I'm proud to know you. And though we don't get to visit a lot, I see you. I see you bring your wife. I see you bring your kids. I see you work hard for them. And you're my kind of dude. You're my kind of guy. You don't stop fighting. Love you. Bless you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And we pray together. First Corinthians 13 says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not ignorant or rude. It does not insist its own way. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And Paul says, love never fails. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you'd like me to pray for your marriage today, just lift one hand up and let me see you. All right, good. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Slip your hand down. God bless you. I'm going to pray for your marriage right now. I'm going to pray for your marriage. Father, I pray for those that lifted their hands. Something's going on there, Lord, that only you can do something about, Father. Father, we ask that you would just join that couple right there, that they would just make you Lord of their life this morning, that they would just, just put you first right now. It don't matter about who's right or wrong. It don't matter about what we done last night. It matters about right now. Father, I pray that they take ownership. Come on, somebody. I pray they take ownership, responsibility for their actions. Give you their sin right now. Listen, you can't love God and love the devil at the same time. You have to give God your heart. If you raised your hand, you say, Pastor, pray for my marriage. I want you to give God your heart right now. Just pray with me. Say, Dear Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my marriage. I give you my husband. I give you my spouse. I give you my wife. I give you my life today, Lord. Show me what you want. Remove things out of my life that ain't supposed to be there. And Lord, add to things that are supposed to be there. Amen. Father, I thank you so much in Jesus' name for this service. Thank you for honest, good people like Robert and Kim. Who when you look at them, they look like a million dollars. Because they are rich. They're rich today because they have Jesus in their marriage. And they have Jesus in their life. And they're not pulling no punches or trying to be something that they're not. What makes them rich. Lord, as they enrich other people's marriage, Father, bless our three fellowship. I pray that those couples that raise their hand up, stop Robert and Kim today and say, I want to come through your course. I want to do that. I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn how to stand. I want to learn how to be a better man, a better woman. You come see them today. Lord, happy Valentine's Day to you. Thank you for loving me and Mary and this church body. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
Somebody give God a praise. Amen. <laughs>